You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Chris Jennings. Today we've got Jim Ronquist, the producer of RNTV, uh, 2006 World Duck Calling Champion, uh, probably one of the most uh, iconic, you know, communicators in the entire outdoor industry you know everyone recognizes jimbo so how are you man appreciate appreciate you joining us and uh welcome to the ducks Unlimited podcast hey brother chris thank you man um it's all good man just happy to be here appreciate y'all asking how's the new shop man rnt right now we are kind of we, we've had one of our big shipping times for retailers and now we're kind of building back up and then September, October hit, or October, November hits, and it's another big bunch of shipping. So there's a bunch of calls getting tuned, a bunch of stuff going out the door um, on the inside, the business side of things. The outside, John, being his degree being landscape architecture, after getting a new shop built, we've reworked the pond, we've done a bunch of work in front of the shop, and trying to make it look presentable around there. Just finished that up this week. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and then the Oh, it's going to look nice. Right now, it looks like a pile of dirt. Once everything gets green, it's going to be really nice. And then the, the flying duck tap room, um, people are starting to enjoy it a little bit more. You know, we have a, a craft beer license. We work with a couple of different small craft beer people from Little Rock, Flyway Brewery, Lost 40. We've got our own beer. Yeah, it's uh, awesome. R&T flying duck. That's good. It is good. And I'll I tell you a little funny story here. Being kind of almost your basic savage redneck, I was a little concerned that I would like some of this small craft beer. But, man, there's, a, there's several of them I like pretty good. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, when I was over there for the grand opening that night, you know, I think I sampled most of them. And, and man, the shop looks great. The little flying duck tap room is cool. And I, I know I look forward to uh, stopping by and having a beer this duck season for sure. Yeah, I think I think it will wind up being a meeting place, you know, after the hunt. You know, guys have been hunting and whatnot, they'll come back by after lunch, you know, come have a beer too, just sit and talk about today. Yeah, that'll be great. Hey, uh, you know, just a, a kind of to change directions here, you know, duck season's coming up, uh, you know, following last season, which was a difficult one for everyone. Um, what are kind of your, yeah, what are your, uh, expectations here going into the season and, and, and do you even have expectations? I mean, you've, you, you travel around with the TV show and, and I know you get to get out quite a bit. Uh, you know, how do you kind of temper those expectations as far as, as far as you're concerned, your personal hunting? Man, you know, that's a good question because, you know, one thing about duck hunters, I think duck hunters are all, um, pretty excitable folks. You know, for the most part, we, we all look forward to things and I always have high expectations every year, but I, I kind of keep it real so, because I do travel, fortunate enough to travel a lot. I, I can get to go a lot of places, 
But I think most duck hunters always have high expectations for the year just because it's what we do. It's what we look forward to. I always anticipate every season to be great. Absolutely. If it's not great, well, so be it. I still get to go. But the anticipation of the coming season is what drives us the rest of the year. So we always look forward to it and anticipate things. Granted, I do try to pay attention. Um, I, you know, all long-term average matter LTA is still above average, but recruitment's been kind of off the past couple of years. Canadian Prairie's been dry, but the Dakotas and even in the northern Nebraska is kind of trying to pick up the pick up the pieces there. So there's going to be some there's going to be some ducks. There's going to be some ducks fly south. There's going to be some people have some great days, and we're going to have some bad days. But you know what? We get to go duck hunting. That's right. We get to go enjoy our passions and apply our trade during the course of another duck season, and it's going to be another liberal 60-day duck season for the Mississippi Flyway. Yeah. So in the big picture things, it's all good, man. It's all good. Absolutely. I'm getting fired up. You're just talking about it. You know, that's one thing we all do. Like you said, you get, you know, the anticipation for it, and then you get that first cold front, you know, you know, right around, probably around Stuttgart, you're probably not getting that real good first cold front until, you know, middle to late October even, but it's still, you know, just the anticipation of that is is always, you know, at the at the top of my list of, you know, favorite things and things that get me excited. Um, you know, one thing that we've talked about in the past, and I've, I've had this conversation with you several times, but, you know, the kind of the ethics in duck hunting and, and you know, people, you know, arguing and doing this, and you've always had a really good uh, statement on this about, you know, people just going out there, having fun. It's not about what's hanging on your strap. It's more about, you know, enjoying the time outdoors with your friends and family and, you know, enjoying the moment. Can you kind of talk about that as well and just kind of your position on, on where the kind of the ethics and the, you know, the standards of in duck hunting are right now? <laughs> That's a really good one. Um, <laughs> I only ask good I'll questions, get, Jim. I, you, got, you did good. You know, I'll, I'll probably take, take some heat from this, but I don't care. There's a there's a whole lot of people duck hunting nowadays that, in my opinion, are duck hunting for the wrong reason. Granted, as duck hunters, we all get competitive. We all want the best spot. I understand that. At the same time, man, it's not a competition. It's the opportunity to enjoy God's creation every day with friends, family, make new friends, whatever. Go enjoy being there. There's so many guys. And you read about it all the time on social media, especially at home in Arkansas on public ground. And it's not just there, but you hear about, man, you know, boat racing. And I ain't saying I hadn't been a part of that. I mean, I don't want to be a hypocrite here because I've been in the middle of that rat race. And, and I finally got the idea, if you're going to be in the rat race, you're going to be a rat. And nobody wants to be a rat. Yeah. Let's come together because uh, if we don't stick together, they're going to pull us apart. That's right. And we have got to work. You know, there's, there's a lot of guys out there that I think if they could shoot a duck and you bow up in a, in a fiery ball of smoke and hit the ground, they'd be just tickled to death. Um, sure, I like to smell burnt powder, and I like a heavy duck strap, and I like to see my dog go to work. I like to be successful. But there's more to it than just pulling the trigger. And we just got to figure out how to, how to get that to, to a lot of guys to help them maybe look at it different, you know, see it as a sport 
and, and not necessarily a habit. Absolutely. And you hear stories about guys, you know, racing to holes on public land. They get there and people are arguing in the duck holes and whatnot. And, you know, one thing I've always, you know, thought is why not just say, hey, man, tuck in behind that tree and hunt with us. You know, that's and, – and you, you, you hear about yeah. that sometimes, but, you know, you don't hear about it a lot. And I think that's something that if people – we're a little more willing to do, and instead of making it a competition, you know, I've hunted with guys. You know, I hunted with guys in the White River a few years back that I didn't know any of these guys, but we were kind of in the same area, and it's just like, hey, man, you know, let's let's just team up here, and and it worked out. And these guys are from Georgia. I didn't, I didn't never knew them, but now I stay in contact with them pretty regularly and figure out how their hunting is and and whatnot. So you know, it can really open doors for a lot of people and it's just a better approach, you know, and I think you hit the nail on the head with that, that, you know, it doesn't have to be a competition and, and come together or else, you know, someone's going to pull us apart. So I think that's a great, great topic. Um, now one thing I wanted to do, and, and we kind of talked about this before, you know, we started recording, but I wanted you, we had dinner a couple years ago at SHOT Show and, and, uh, you, you, someone had asked you, you know, what is your perfect day of duck hunting? And you, you kind of, leaned back a little bit and went on this story and i've told this story before to other people because i thought it was just like it was perfect um if you want to share that again on on the podcast today what is what would be considered your perfect day of duck hunting man a perfect day of duck hunting for me at home especially um it is typically on weekends or times when my wife is off work and i've come around to that um i love to get up in the morning know where we're going a good, cold, clear morning, wind about 10, 15 mile an hour, south, southwest, preferably, so you got that sun behind you in the morning. But go have a good, solid hunt, good dog work, get a couple good bunches in, break some high ducks, just really get to enjoy the morning. Have a great morning, have a good, brisk boat ride back to the truck, everybody high-fiving. Make you get back towards the house. Now, this is where I like it when my wife's at home. My wife is known for making really good soups and chili. And all the guys like to come to my house after the hunt on weekends because Rosie's going to have a big pot of soup on the stove. And we all like that. But have a great hunt. Get back home. Clean your ducks. Have a couple after the hunt, cold beers. And just relax. Have a good time. Eat a big old bowl of Miss Rosie's taco soup vegetable beef barley soup or venison chili whatever it is and get you a big old belly full of that take a nap wake up from that nap be time to go scout for the next morning and enjoy a pretty sunset come home have a cocktail go to bed and do it all over again tomorrow man that's good living right there sign me up man sign me up that sounds fantastic and that and that you know that that is something it kind of goes back to uh, the, the earlier topic that we were talking about where you, you didn't even really, you know, say, oh, we filled the, you know, filled the boat with ducks. It was, it's more about, you know, the elements, the, you know, the, the, the camaraderie, the, you know, just being out there, enjoying it, you know, hanging out, eating, eating Miss Rosie's taco soup, you know, that's just, it's the full package of duck hunting. It's, it makes it what it is. And, and which, which from my perspective makes it a little bit different than even, you know, other kinds of hunting. And I think that's what, what attracts me to it, really. It's all the parts and pieces. You know, I, I love good dog work. I'm, I'm into retrievers. Of course, I like to call. Um, 
he'd like to see ducks do their thing and finish ducks right. Come on, we're spending time and God's creation with good friends. Man, don't get no better than that. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. You know, you like calling, obviously, world duck calling champion. You work for Rich and Tone Calls. Um, give, give some people some just quick quick advice on becoming a better duck caller. Just very, very kind of, you know, basic stuff. You know, people are working in the off season. We're getting ready to ramp it up. You know, what do you tell people that just, just say, hey, I want to be a, become a better caller? Yeah, that's easy. Don't, uh, don't try too hard. Don't try to go too fast. Don't try to be too fancy. Work on the basics. Work on enunciation. And then once you get that, Work on being able to blow a basic intended hen quack soft, medium, and loud. Learn to do a basic feed call, soft, medium, and loud. Learn a slow lick, soft, medium, and loud. And learn a fast lick, soft, medium, and loud. Learn how to apply it and read ducks, and you'll call all the ducks that want to be called. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Just simple advice. But, you know, the last thing you mentioned is one thing that, you know, I've personally, you know, tried to to continue to get better at over the years, especially as the habitats that I hunt have changed. I came from growing up in Indiana um, and and then moving down here. And now, you know, I'm hunting a little more, you know, timber and just some different habitats that I didn't grow up hunting. But being able to read the ducks and being able to call to what they're doing, um, Kind of yeah, kind of speak to that and what you kind of have seen other people do and not do, and, and how you got better at doing that. <laughs> Biggest thing I've had to teach myself to do, uh, and I still struggle with it, is knowing when to quit. Um, yeah. But I, I hunted around some other hands growing up, my dad and his buddies, and then even as I got on the thing, hunting with hands had more experience than I did. But you know, would pop you in the head or get your attention and tell you to be quiet. Um, one of the things that I see happen a lot, especially in the woods, if you want to watch a, a duck rodeo, a duck circus rodeo, put you four or five accomplished duck callers in the woods that's never hunted together before, <laughs> and, and just watch all these ducks get blown out of the hole. <laughs> yeah. And then a guy, another group about a quarter mile down the way used to hunt together, shooting all the ducks that you started. Uh, typically what will happen is, Everybody gets blowing, everybody's trying to outblow everybody else, and your break high enough good, but you won't finish nothing because people get to pushing and pulling. So what will happen, and this is just watching the reading them, reading the wing beat, reading the body angle and bird. You'll see a bunch, they'll get downwind, and you'll want to turn them back into the wind towards your hole, and you'll hit a lick, and they'll turn back. Well, you buddy, man, he wants to be a part of calling these ducks in, so he'll hit that, hit that same lick, and he just pushes them. So... And I've learned a lot of this editing video. You know, you go, God dang, that's what happens. Yeah. And people get to call them too much. So once you get them started, we all like to blow, like to watch them react or, you know, hit the feet hard. You see them pull them wings down or start dropping them feet. But they was coming anyway. Um, learn when not to blow. When Learn when to let them in. Yeah. When, learn when to let them come around. Now, 
hunt public ground, you know, you won't have to keep them on here. Somebody else is going to get them. But you got to find that line on, on how that works. And that whole key there is reading ducks. I could go on for hours about how to read ducks, but it's something you really got to do. Yeah. You've got to pay attention to how they react on certain sounds um, and watch that reaction. You know, a lot of times you'll be working a bunch and they circle and they circle and they circle. And, and of course, I know you know this, but once they start getting a little higher, you're probably not going to get them back. That don't mean you don't try to do something different to initiate a response. But once they start getting higher, they're, 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 they're about done. Um, there have been occasions where you'll pull a single or a couple birds back off that bunch, you'll find something that works. But the whole key is if you bow something at them and you get a good response, do it again. If you don't get a good response, try something different. Now, uh, along with that, that to it, I kind of am of the opinion that if we start a bunch, we ought to get them. But then that's where concealment and calling and breeding ducks comes together. Yeah. You probably, nine, nine times out of ten, going back, watching video, um, you, uh, you, you probably call too much. Or it's a concealment issue. You know, you can normally tell that hunting with cameras all the time. All my buddies get mad at me about the camera got that one. Uh, but you can, for a camera to get good footage, they got to be out front. They got to be seen. Uh, they got to be able to see the birds so the birds can see them. Uh, and that big lens is nothing but a great big eyeball to a duck. Oh, yeah. So, uh, that creates an issue, too. But man, learning to call ducks is just getting out there and spending time calling ducks and spending time. Practicing when you don't call, learning the mechanics and operation of the call, once you combine them two together, you'll be good. The duck call should be just an extension of your voice. One thing I like to tell folks in seminars is, you know, you know, once you learn to operate a duck call, and forever we've had tapes and instructions say this is a hail call, this is a greeting call, this is a beat call. And other than, than uh, different clucks and beat calls and stuff, everything else is all based off the matter hen deep or Sunday or lick. So a duck doesn't look up, cock her old head, look up there and says, hold, there's a high bunch of matter. Yeah. I need to blow a hail call. <laughs> no, that's not what she does. She just hollers at them. Yeah. And, and that's the way we as hunters need to be. It needs to be more reactional than, than proactive. That makes yeah, absolutely. You, know, you don't think you just do, you don't don't think about it, you just do. It. Yeah, and, and one thing that I've noticed, and 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 after I've hunted with you several years ago, and and the first thing that I noticed um, is how aggressive you and the other guys that we were hunting with are on on the feed call, and and kind of explain the importance of that, especially when you're in the timber. Um, you know, you you're really hitting that that feed call hard, that that chatter, and it, it almost echoes through the woods. It's it's a very very cool experience, um, but but it's something that really stuck out to me. Can you kind of kind of describe that and and why you're doing why you're hitting the feed call so hard? Yeah, um, especially public woods. Again, this is going to sound a, a a counter to what I just said about calling too much, and I probably do do it too much to be honest with you. Uh, but my idea there is once we get a bunch of rope, we want to keep them paying attention to us. Um, we want to keep we want to keep kind of a uh, we'll call it a wall of sound, if you will. If we want to keep them ducks. Once you break them, I want them looking at me and nobody else. 
You know, it's just part of the game of calling ducks. So once we get them started, we want to keep them started. So we'll keep that hard. <laughs> just keep that going. The thing that makes a difference there is doing that with guys that you're used to hunting with, that all used to hunt together, know when to let off and let them come back around and just, you know, just slowly kind of back it down. Because sometimes if it gets quiet too quick, well, scare, that'll scare them as bad as anything else. Because in the real world, if ducks all of a sudden get quiet, there's typically a predator or something around. That's why they get quiet and ball up. So keeping that going to where you keep the duck's attention on you or your decoys, but yet not blow them out and not spook them by getting just shutting all the way up too quick is kind of the game there. And just that wall of sound and importance, you know, when ducks are really in the woods, they make a lot of racket. And we can argue all day long about ducks making feed sounds in deep water or not, but they do. Mm-hmm. You know, they make all kinds of sounds at different times. So we're just trying to emulate emulate that and trying to super emulate that. Yeah. Uh, it goes back to a, to a deal I read once that was done at Cornell University. These researchers up there, they had some kind of songbirds, and, and they were seeing how these songbirds reacted to their spring mating call. So they had the control group, or the control audio, they would play at a natural ambient audio level. And then they would record right down how they reacted. And then they'd give them like a 15-minute break or 30-minute break and take these same birds, and they would play back the recording of the singing, the songbirds, at a like double the volume mm-hmm. and recorded how they reacted to it. And it was interesting that they reacted quicker and faster to the louder deal at first, and then they did whatever. But the the, the super stimulation there is, is what you go for. It's why super mag and decoys work. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it, they're super stimuli. They see it bigger, so it must be more of them. Yeah. You know, and they're ducks. they got a brain the size of a pea, but they're really good about um, avoiding getting shot at at times but that's 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 part of the calling deal and and uh, you know you want to sound like ducks but you're really louder than ducks you want to be duck like and then you got to know when to be ducky and let off and get down to that natural volume level yeah i think everyone just learned a lot and i know i did um that that's fantastic jim i appreciate you coming on this has been a great conversation and uh, hopefully as we move forward with this podcast we'll have you on again and uh, I, I look forward to stopping by and seeing you at the flying duck tap room here when have a beer with you here in a couple months man i look forward to it come on by we'll talk again i'll show you my trophy yeah that's right all right take care jim appreciate it have a good day Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.